Welcome to the Parish Art Museum podcast, where we aspire to provide opportunities for learning, sharing, and celebrating the many innovative and pioneering artists who call the East End home. Come back each week to find new and impactful experiences in the arts. Thank you all so much for coming. I'm Terry Sultan. I'm the director here at the parish, for those of you who I may not have met yet. Uh, this is the first of our series for this year in collaboration with Hamptons DocFest, and thank you, Jackie LaFaro, for working with us and collaborating on what we call the Artist Lens. This year, our collaboration with DocFest will be focusing on women artists, so we have a lot of good films coming up in this, uh, in this series, and we look forward to welcoming you all back often. We're going to have a short Q&A with the, uh, the producer of this film, M.I. Wallach, an old friend of mine, or long-standing friend of mine, and uh, who's wonderful. So I'm going to talk a little bit about M.I. She is an award-winning art critic, filmmaker, and curator. And in addition to her film on Louise Bourgeois, The Spider, The Mistress, and The Tangerine, which is a bit mysterious, uh, she's also made a wonderful film on Ilya and Amelia Kabakov called Interhere. She has written or contributed to a dozen books and organized art panels and symposia in museums internationally. She's written for the New York Times, The Nation, Vanity Fair, Vogue, Art in America, Art News, and many others. And she was, and this is how I met her, the, uh, the chief art critic for New York Newsday. Uh, and I met her, I think, for the first time in the, in the 1980s when I was the director of communications at the New Museum of Contemporary Art. So we've been friends for a long time. She was also the on-air arts commentator for the PBS McNeil-Lair NewsHour. And she is the biographer of Ilya Kabakov, the man who never threw anything away, which kind of reminds me of the installation that Donald Lipsky did for the Brooklyn Museum called Pieces of String Too Short to Save. <laughs> so there seems to be a theme here. I myself had the privilege of working with Louise Bourgeois for an exhibition that I organized called Louise Bourgeois, The Locus of Memory, Works 1982 to 1993, which I did in collaboration with my colleague Charlotte Cotique, who was the curator of contemporary art at the Brooklyn Museum at the time, uh, and I was at the Corcoran Gallery of Art. That went on view in 1994, so it's been a while. Tonight's movie, Louise Bourgeois, The Spider, The Mistress, and The Tangerine, debuted in 2008, and it is as fresh and, and informative and engaging as it ever was. It is a beautiful exploration of Louise Bourgeois' creative process, and it will give us something that you don't usually get, which is a really intimate look into her life and her mind, which is complicated. So please enjoy the film. Thank you. <laughs> That, that first shot where you're driving into the studio, uh, where she's driving into the studio, it's 1993. And I'm sitting there thinking, I've just been transported back in a time machine because I did that exact same trip. And we showed one of the, the first big spider sculptures in that exhibition in, in one of the galleries at the, at the Corcoran. It was pretty amazing. What you've captured in this movie is, is actually somewhat magical because I don't think people realize how many emotions that there were roiling around in her, in her body and her mind all the time, and yet she very rarely spoke about it anything other than through her work. 
So how did you, how did you disarm her? Man, you know, for one thing, we started interviewing her in 1993. She was, she was a representative of the U.S. at the Venice Biennale in 1993, and that exhibit was the exhibit that, in larger form, you took at the Cor Corcoran. Mm -hmm. And so just before she went, we did our first shoot with her in the studio. And we interviewed, we never had enough money, and we were shooting film, which is extremely expensive to develop. So we would put the film in the refrigerator and do another interview. And that went on basically until I'd say 2004. So we were at least 11 or 12 years interviewing her, so she got pretty used to us. <laughs> Although, if you get the DVD, at the end of the DVD, we have a sequence of all the times she got really furious at us or wouldn't talk or said, mm -hmm. just do my hands or no faces. or So it was yeah. complicated. Well, it's interesting <laughs> because she is full of emotion, and yet she's also extremely controlling. And that's another reason that I thought this film was so good is because you know, she really, really did eventually kind of wear her down and disarm her. I remember when I was writing my essay for the catalog, and this had never happened to me before, but I, I gave it to her to read, which I always do, and it came back with enormous blocks of type with big red X's through them. And did you do it? Of course. <laughs> yeah. See, I was very, very lucky. Because by the time, so Marion died in 2006, and by then we'd never had enough money. She'd done some editing, but never in the way that you could actually tell a story, but she would be editing scenes. So in 2006, I, I had to finish this film, and it didn't get finished till it was two years. 2008, we finished the film. Ken Coblin is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful editor. And by then, I would say she was fair to partly cloudy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was beginning to be fair to partly cloudy. It was yeah. just the beginning. So she never saw this film. Jerry would show her the parts that he thought were okay to show her. <laughs> so I got really lucky that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, he was a gatekeeper, but also um, you know, very, very dedicated to her, obviously. And he, he would know what he could show her without major damage being done. The, the other thing that I thought was interesting, and she alluded to it in one of your interviews, is that she never cared about the finished object. It was all about the process. And she would work in the studio, and if Jerry wasn't super attentive, she would destroy them before they could be turned into art objects. He used to drive her home in that great big car. Uh, at the end of the workday, and then go back to the studio and take the work that he felt was just on the edge of not making it through the next day and take them. And the other thing is that she never, ever went to any of the openings of her exhibition. Yeah, she didn't, and I don't know what that was about. She didn't like them as objects. Once they were done, she would have been perfectly happy to throw them all out the window with the leg of lamb. I mean, it, she really wasn't interested, in, and you know this from talking to her and seeing what she did in the studio. She really wasn't interested in making art. She was only interested in expressing herself. Well, she actually never saw most of the spiders. 
because they were cast in a foundry. Mm -hmm. Actually, I once went into the storage and they're taken apart, numbered all the all the parts of the spiders, but and they're much too big, so they were never assembled in her studio. And by the time she made the spiders, she wasn't in her studio anymore, right. which has been demolished since, and she was working at home. So she never saw those spiders, actually. She saw photographs of them, but... She never saw the turbine hall, either. Never saw them. Well, yeah. the turbine hall, no, she went, never went to England, that was yeah. for sure. So she never saw that. So the point of it for her, it was, you know, for one thing, she lied to us. I thought <laughs> I'd put this in the film, but I didn't. She would say, well, I've never been psychoanalyzed. Yeah. I don't care about psychoanalysts. Yeah. And she was analyzed for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> And she kept so many notes that there's a two-volume book of her analytic writings. And I just, can I read? Yeah. Like, they go on and on. There was an exhibit at the Freud House in London. And they had some of her analytic writings framed on the wall, as well as the objects. But I thought this was the most telling one. And, and, and actually, Rob Storr um, kind of refers to this. Um, <clears throat> this was when she was 47. I have failed as a wife, as a woman, as a mother, as a hostess, as an artist, as a businesswoman, and as any 47, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister. I have not failed as a truth seeker. Lois Ebb. So that's what the art was about. Mm -hmm. The art was about finding a way to deal with those extraordinarily volcanic feelings mm -hmm. and make of them something. I also thought it was interesting that it was just Jean-Louis that really participated in that film, and I know that one of her sons had died, but she has another son who's a judge in Brooklyn, but he did he did you not ever ask him, or did he end up on the cutting room floor? Or? So Alain, at that point, um, he had given up being a judge and gone to back to being a lawyer. Mm. And he, they were a little bit torn apart. What is the word for that? Anyway, estranged. estranged. <laughs> They're a little bit estranged. They aren't anymore. He's the head of the foundation. Mm -hmm. He runs everything. He's very, very sensible. He has kids that are great. But at that point, and he didn't want to be part of this. Mm. Where Jean-Louis did, and she was very concerned about Jean-Louis because his wife had died, and he was in bad shape. And mm -hmm. so she, but as you can see, she was a really, you wouldn't want her to be your mother. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one that I met, too, because he actually did come to the opening of the exhibition, and he was you know, very warm and participatory, but I never met the other. Well, she, she would send him in her stead uh -huh. to represent her, and there was one horrible situation where he, he loved to give people fake Chinese money, or maybe it was real <laughs> Chinese money. Um, he was always trying to give you Chinese money, and she, I don't know if it was the, uh, the, the Presidential Medal of Honor or there was something at the White House with Clinton, mm -hmm. but at that point there was some kind of a scandal about Chinese money <laughs> and he tried to give Clinton Chinese money, but anyway. So um, we don't have a whole lot more time. I wanted to ask you about your, your, your new project. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm now, so I made a film after that about Ilya and Emilia Kabakov, which was shown. You showed it here, mm -hmm. and I'm now making a film about about Robert Rauschenberg. But you know, this film I haven't seen it in a while, and there's a lot of art in this film, <laughs> and I'm wondering if it's too much. Sometimes I'm wondering. No, okay. <laughs> 
but I decide, and but a film like this, although this film is still very much alive and gets shown, it's still shown everywhere all the time. I thought I wanted to get out of the art ghetto with this film, and so I'm telling a heist story. The story is the Cold War story of how Robert Rauschenberg became the first American to win the grand prize of the Venice Biennale in the middle of the Cold War. And it, it's wrapped around the story of Rauschenberg himself. So, you know, I'm struggling now with how much of his art to show and how much story to tell. And it's called um, Taking Venice, the Rauschenberg Factor. And where are you in the process? Can we debut this film when you're ready? I hope you can, but you know, we're stopped right now because what happens with films, they take a long time because you run out of money and then you have to fundraise and then you start again. But we've got the script, we've got the footage, we've got everything. And you know, my fantasy was always that I would have it ready for the Venice um, Film Festival in the September, but I think that's probably unrealistic. Well, there'll be another Venice Film Festival. There will. Some there's every September. year there's a Venice <laughs> Film Festival. Right. Well, thank you for making a wonderful film, and thank you for being here to talk with us, and, and thank you all for being here. It was really, really great to see you. <laughs>